Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. I'm glad to have you join me on this first episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast for 2021. Man, the new year is here. And let me tell you, every time New Year's comes around, I am filled with hope and optimism and relief. It's a new year. It's a clean slate. It's a new chapter to turn and begin to allow God to write his story for his church. And I understand 2020 was challenging, but I also want you to realize what a great year for growth. What a great year to develop and learn new things, to try new things, to be pushed to lean into the Spirit's power more than ever. I know for some of you, you don't quite see it that way, but I hope as you look back, as you have an opportunity to step into the future and look back at the past, you'll see that God was at work in his church in amazing ways. And I'm just proud to be a part of the children's ministry community where we get to see more growth for the kingdom. You know, as someone who serves alongside the church, I saw 2020 in the pandemic as a revealer of many things. Some are good, some not so good. But today's episode is not about looking backwards. It's about looking forward. And I've got some things that I've been praying about and God really laid on my heart, several keys to help you unlock to some greater things in 2021. So let's dive into this first episode of Kid Ministry Collective Podcast 2021. You know, like I said, the first of the year is a time where a lot of us use the time to refocus and to start planning and dreaming. And I know that's hard to do sometimes. I always take that week between Christmas and New Year's as a time to be quiet before the Lord and to really truly seek him to clear the slate to let go of dreams and un unfulfilled expectations and unfulfilled dreams as well, and to let God rewrite the story, to flip the page. And one of the things that I sense in my heart is that we need to refocus on fulfilling the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. I mean, that really is our purpose as ministers of the gospel, to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ to train them, to follow him, and then to unleash them into the world so that they too may share the gospel and lead people to Christ and train them to follow him and continue that cycle. That's the way the church is supposed to be functioning. That's what we're supposed to be all about. It's not about gatherings where we watch and observe and we participate on a limited basis and then we walk out. Being a part of the body of Christ means we're to be making disciples. We're supposed to love God and love others. So in 2021, I want to ask you, are you looking at this year as a year that you would plan and prayerfully commit to following the way God wants you? 
That's what I'm praying will happen in this year. I'm praying that we will see God move in amazing ways, in greater ways. And so as you look at your calendar for this year, is it focused on the right things? Now, maybe you haven't even started planning your whole calendar yet. That's okay. Then you should be asking, is everything we put up on this calendar focused on the right stuff? So here's key number one, focus. That's my word of the year, one of my words. <laughs> I've chosen two words this year. I'm not one of those people that can only choose one. I'm choosing two, and that's okay. It's me. I can do what I want. <laughs> but focus is my word, and you're going to hear it a lot on this podcast and around the KMC. But I want to know what you'll focus your time on. What will you focus your talents towards? What will you focus your treasure on? Is it part of the gospel? Is it expanding the gospel? Is it deeper discipleship? Is it producing fruit for the kingdom? I hope it will be. What I want to encourage you to do is what are some things that you're going to do in 2021 to share the gospel personally? Who will you share Jesus with outside the four walls of your building? Who are you going to actively share the gospel with? so that you can share those stories with others, especially the children. But as you look towards the kids that you serve, how will you share the gospel? You know, I know a lot of us tend to wait for the curriculums to show us when to tell the gospel. But let me encourage you, share Jesus every single Sunday. Invite kids into a relationship with him. It's not just the parents' job. And we have pushed it on the parents to say, hey, the parents should be the only ones. No, we need to be sharing Jesus because there's kids in your church that their parents don't know Jesus or they don't know how to share with their children about Jesus. And I'm not going to risk a child's spiritual future on that assumption that the parents will do it. God has called me to be a shepherd of the flock. I'm going to share the right things with my sheep. And that includes the gospel. That includes inviting children to come to Christ and enter into a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I'm going to teach parents how to do it. I'm going to encourage them to be the number one. But I'm also not going to assume that they'll take that or they'll do it. And I'm not looking down on them because they haven't been discipled that way either, probably. I think that's probably one of our biggest struggles is how can we help the church in general become better at discipleship so that they know how to keep the circles going. But what we can do is create a generation that is used to seeing the cycle. I learned the gospel. I know the gospel. I'll share the gospel. So how will you disciple kids this year? How will you help them focus on what really matters? A relationship with Jesus, a relationship with his living word, and a service heart for others that shares God's love on a regular basis. So what are you going to do to help kids learn how to read the Bible and understand it and apply it this year? What about doing a Bible challenge where every kid in your ministry gets a new Bible and you teach them how to handle it, how to study it, how to apply it? What an amazing gift you could give to children and their families by giving them a, a, a brand new Bible to use 
every Sunday and encouraging them to bring them with you so that as you're teaching out of it, they can look up the, the passages that you're looking up and sharing from. What about teaching kids to pray? About how to have that conversation? About different postures that uh, kids will have when they pray? Teach them how to pray. Help them learn that it's not scary to talk to God. What about serving? How are you going to help kids focus on how they could serve others this year? Get them involved in your own children's ministry. Let them serve their fellow kids. Get the older ones serving with the younger ones. It's amazing what kids can do nowadays. <laughs> they can pretty much do anything and probably better than me. How do I help kids share their faith? So again, that's part of why I'm going to share the, the gospel every opportunity I get with the kids, because I want them to hear it. I want them to understand it. And then I want them to be able to go do it too. I want them to be able to share their faith with others. Once I start doing that, then I can encourage parents to adopt these things. I can show them how to continue to foster these things with their own children. And so this year, what's one thing that I could focus on helping parents implement into their family rhythm? Don't give them too many things to focus on. Give them one. Help them feel like they've been a success in getting that one thing down. Then you can add another one later on. We need to sharpen our focus onto the most profitable things that we can do and help families with because right now they need that simplicity. They need to understand how to take the new now and make it livable, that they can survive it. But there are things that will cloud that focus. And if we get them too busy and we throw too many things at them, then we cloud out the focus that they need to have and we make it impossible for them to win. Let's set them up for the wins. Second key is, is that it's a new year, but what's new about you? What's new about your ministry? What's new about your leadership? See, I'm already seeing some things that are concerning me in the, in the Facebook groups, and they ought to concern you too. I see a lot of churches trying to go back to the old normal, going back to the same old programming, the same routine, the same schedule that we've always done before. Now, look, those things were great in their time, but I think God has given us a brand new slate. He's given us a new wineskin, to use a biblical term. Now, let's put new wine in it. I think one of the things that we need to do is stop trying to figure out how to take the old things and make them COVID-friendly, pandemic-friendly, and just duplicate. We need to in innovate. Why? Because it's, it's vital that the church and the community sees that freshness, that, that the world sees that we are innovating and that we are creative and that we care. So let me ask you, do you have a good why for what you've always done? And do you have a why for what you want to do? You see, I want to know, is what I do, is it really going to move the spiritual needle for kids and their families? If not, why would I want to invest my time and talents and treasure to it? I've always done it that way. That's not a good enough why. If you don't have a clear reason why and a clear focus, then really what you're trying to do is just elevate the sacred cow. 
And anyone who's been around my coaching programs know, I always say that sacred cow makes great prime rib. I think one reason you may be feeling frustrated is because you've been trying, and I'm going to make up a new word here for you, but I think you're trying to pandemify your old normal instead of innovating a brand new thing. Now, I also have to address one other thing I was thinking about as I was preparing for this podcast is I think we default this way because of fear. We're afraid we're going to fail. And we don't want our senior leaders to see us fail. We don't want our volunteers to see us fail. We're afraid that we could lose a job that way. And sometimes it may happen. But listen, don't let fear grip you. You have to take it face on. You have to hand this off to God and move forward in faith. But I will tell you that fear can be healthy if it's the fear of God. But the fear of what others think, the fear of failing, the fear of of not meeting the expectations of a leader, a human, those aren't healthy things. Let me tell you, going around and saying, well, if I fail, if, what if, that's unhealthy. In Exodus 20, 20, we see both kinds of fear appear in the story of the Israelites and Moses. God had just been up on the mountain with Moses, giving him the Ten Commandments. The people saw the mountain shake. They they saw the cloud and the lightning, and they were terrified. They were overcome with fear, so much so that they stayed back in a distance. (laughs) They even said, Moses, you talk for God, because if we hear him, we're going to die. They were terrified. The Bible says that Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. (laughs) The unhealthy kind. Don't be afraid. Don't have that kind of fear that grips you, that keeps you at a distance from God. He says, instead, God has come to test you so that that the fear of God will be with you and to keep you from sinning. You see, he didn't want the people to live in the unhealthy fear, but he did want them to have the healthy fear of the fear of God, meaning keep yourself in the right place, keep yourself holy, keep yourself separated from the rest of the world, so much so that the world will will see God and not your sin. He wanted to keep you from that sinful attitude. He wanted to keep you from that fear, which because that fear often will keep you from accomplishing what God wants you to. And the Bible says that if we know to do good and we don't do it, it is sin. Because we're afraid to treat somebody with kindness and love because they look different or talk different than us. That's sin. If we don't accomplish the things, if we don't do outreach and and we don't serve other people because of one thing or another, because we're afraid we're going to fail or we're not going to have enough. It can, keep, it can push us to the sinful side of things. My friends, what does God want for us in 2021? He wants us to reach the children and their families with the gospel because the gospel changes everything. It moves people out of a fear into a relationship with the Father. And what we need to do is move from that fear of man, that fear of failure, into a fear of God 
and drop into that power and that intimacy. Because if we don't keep our focus and we lose ourselves to fear, the unhealthy kind, we won't push forward into the new things of 2021. And we won't reach the lost. And that's too great a risk for me to let fear win. If we're going to help those who already believe move closer to a healthy fear of God, the church has got to wake up. And we've got to stop being so concerned with how we look to the world. We've got to remember what we look towards God and how does he see us. We need to make the most of the basics. And we may need to make them clear and simple and straightforward. Sometimes we get so lost on focusing on the wrong things and we miss the right things. So is there fear holding back any of the dreams you have? If money and time and people weren't a problem, they weren't a limitation, what would you be putting on the calendar right now to accomplish in 2021? I'm going to challenge you to put it out there in faith. Don't let fear not keep it off the calendar. Put it on the calendar. Go do it. Make it happen. By God's grace, it can happen. So here's key number three. A few is fine. <laughs> Did you hear it? A few is fine. Now, we often get so discouraged because only a few will do something. I want to challenge your thinking on the idea. What's wrong with only a few? Why do we think that if only a few participate, we've failed? Or that people don't take us seriously or they just don't care? That's not always true. And for many of us, those kind of ideas matter way too much. Now, I understand that senior leaders evaluate on numbers and it's important to them. I get it. Numbers represent souls. I'm not dismissing that, but I'm saying it's not the only part of the story that matters. And sometimes the fear of letting our leaders down because we don't have the big numbers keeps us locked down from accomplishing the big things. And the few can do many things. Jesus focused on a few and look what happened. Look at the power of a few. Andy Stanley's famous quote says, do for a few what you wished you could do for many. So let's start doing for a few in 2021. Just get a few leaders to be faithful and invest in them. Help them become the best leaders to become closer followers of Jesus. And watch what happens. Get a few parents. To use those take-homes, show them how to do it, teach them how to do it, show them the benefits and explain to them the big why it's so important that they take on the number one discipleship of their children and then let them loose and then start sharing their stories. Get a few kids to memorize scripture and share how they use it during the week and other kids will follow. Get a few volunteers to come and serve more than once a month and own their, their ministry and watch what it does. 
get a few people together just to go serve your community and love them. Show them Jesus in a practical way. Watch what the power of a few can do. See, I made a huge mistake early on in ministry. I would plan an event that I assumed was going to be a big event, and I would put out its time for registrations, and I wouldn't see them flooding in. And I'd start to get discouraged, and the fear monster would come. My focus would get cloudy, and I would begin to question, is it even worth doing? Ever been there? Yeah, I'm sure some of you have, if not all of you listening to this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Only two kids will sign up. Now, some of you only have two or three kids and you're thinking, well, I got 100% attendance. <laughs> but sometimes we have more than that. And we'll go, that's all? That's it? And I ended up canceling events because I only had two or three sign up when I was expecting 20 or 30 or 40. What message did it send to those two? So I made a determination after making that mistake one time and a parent shared with me how heartbroken their children were that they had been looking forward to that event for weeks. And the fact that I canceled it broke their hearts and that broke mine. And at that moment, I drove a stake in the ground. And I said, from now on, I don't care if only one comes, I'm going to have a plan. I may have to modify my plans, which I learned later in life, always have a plan B and a plan C. Plan B was if I had more kids, plan C was if I didn't have, if I had less. No matter what, I had a plan. And I was ready to execute. And you know what? (laughs) I was no longer going to be ashamed of ministering to that few. I was going to blow their socks off. This one event I had planned, I, I again expected 40, 50, 60 kids to show up. I had four, one being my own. I knew as kids were, as they were arriving, I could see the awkward looks of the kids and their parents wondering, is he going to cancel again? Is he going to just let it go? No way. I told the parents to go away, say, come back at the ending time to pick up their kids. <coughs> Excuse me, because we were going to party. And party we did. In fact, I had all the supplies ready to handle 20, 30, 40 kids. I don't remember how big the party was going to be, but it was a big one. And I loaded those kids up. In fact, I gave them garbage bags full of prizes and candy to take home. And they were just blown apart. They couldn't believe the parents' eyes were bugging out when I when the kids walked out the door with this garbage bag full of stuff talking about how amazing the time was we had so much fun we laughed so hard why because i wanted to value the few look i know some of you don't even want to play in trainings right now because only a few will show up do it do it anyway you only get two or three to show up on a zoom call pause for a second and say hang on i got to do something and then call and order and have, have, have some food delivered to their house during the training. Blow their socks off. Let them have it. Do some extra special goodies for them. Send them a gift card after the fact. Saying thanks for showing up. Here's some coffee on me. Let me tell you, when you value your few, it's amazing what happens. Take those stories and share them with the many that weren't there. 
And I guarantee you more will come and join the few that were there. It's also part of why I don't always record all my trainings because sometimes people know that we're going to record and they're not going to show up because they're going to wait for the replay. How many, how many things have you signed up for recently and you knew you weren't going to show up? You just were going to wait for the replay. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've done that. A final key for an amazing 2021 is this principle. Have a sustainable pace. Remember, guys, you don't always have to run Mach 3 with your hair on fire. You don't always have to say yes to every single thing. Your calendar needs to reflect your values and your priorities. And it needs to protect your boundaries. If it's not doing those things, can I encourage you to find someone that can help you with that? Find a good friend or hire a ministry coach. It's what I do with KMC Coaching. I help my students figure out what's a sustainable pace and what's a healthy calendar look like. But I want to ask you the question, have you scheduled time for yourself in 2021? Have you designated some time in your day and in your week and in your month that you care for yourself? And maybe just a couple of those people closest to you. You see, Jesus would minister hard. He ran hard. He cared for the masses. But then he would stop and he would send them away. And he would go up into the mountain with, by himself or with his few. Why? Because he needed to recharge. He needed that solitude. He needed to pray. He needed to be close to the Father, just like you do. And if you're not doing it, you'll never be able to duplicate this for others. And I'm not saying you need to go sign up for another conference or do it, listen to more podcasts. I'm saying you need to schedule intentional rest and renewal and restoration time. You need to have a plan for it. You need to be intentional about it. If you're not sure how to do this, I want to help you. Uh, I want you to take a look at a thing, uh, at a website called restoringleaders.org. It's the ministry that I also run along with KMC, and it's all about restoring leaders' hearts, souls, and minds. And I have a gift for you. On this page, on the, on the restoringleaders.org page, there is a button there that, in a little box that talks about a five-day restoration project. If you sign up for that, it's going to give you five daily emails, one per day, to help you pause for just a few minutes and think about restoring your heart and your soul and your mind. I think it'll be an encouragement to you, and at least it'll give you something to focus on to get you started in 2021. Maybe there's more that you need, and you realize that. Well, look at the website. There's other things that are available. Maybe you need a retreat. Well, Restoring Leaders is going to be offering two kinds of retreats. One that's an online version where we're going to encourage you to go find a hotel and unplug for a couple of days uh, and, and then connect with us online in a small group or one-on-one. -on -one. But I'm also going to be doing some in-person retreats. Coming up in February and March of 2021, we're hoping to launch in-person small retreats for small groups of people where you can unplug and rest and find restoration. You can learn about how to prevent burnout in your life. You can learn how to heal from church hurt. You can care for your soul. 
And I got to tell you, I truly believe this will help you learn sustainable pace. It'll learn how you'll learn how to simplify your ministry and simplify doesn't mean make it easier. It just makes it more effective and more intentional so that you're operating in the gifts and the talents that you were wired and created for. There's enough evidence around that, that churches that if they're going to be effective today, they have to be more intentional about their online presence and their physical presence. Well, you're going to have to be more intentional about your spiritual presence and your physical presence. So check these things out. And I want to encourage you to take a look at how you can manage a sustainable pace because it's important for all of us. If you're struggling with that, some of it could be your systems. Some of it could be your strategies. Well, take a look at kmccoach.net and set up a time that you could sit down and talk with me about getting some coaching, some mentoring. I would love to walk through with you. If I'm not the right coach, I will point you in the right direction. There are some great ministry coaches out there who I know have been trained well and have the experience and the wisdom that will pour into you and not tell you what to do but show you what's inside of you and draw it out of you so that you can lead more and reach more. I truly pray that 2020 will be amazing for you. I pray that you'll experience God in ways that you've never imagined. I can't wait to see what happens in our kids ministry collective community. In fact, I've got one more thing I can't wait to share with you. And it's an exciting announcement. Coming in February is the launch of the Restoring Leaders podcast. This podcast is going to have some short devotionals, interviews with leaders that have learned Sabbath and restoration principles. It's all about helping you learn the principles and practices that will help you avoid burnout, heal from ministry hurts, and keep your heart, soul, and mind restored. I can't wait to share it with you. I hope you'll subscribe to it so that you won't miss a single episode. I hope you'll also share it with other leaders that need to know about what Restoring Leaders is all about. So be watching for it. It's going to be coming soon. And so I'll be telling you more about it here in upcoming episodes. But for now, let's wrap up this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. It's 2021. It's a new story. It's a new chapter. What's God going to write on it? Hey, I'm Tom Bump. I'm here to serve. Let me know how I can help. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.